Welcome to TD Cowan Insights, a space that brings leading thinkers together to share insights and ideas shaping the world around us. Join us as we converse with the top minds who are influencing our global sectors. Good morning. Welcome back to TD Cowan Street Cred. I am Chris Kruger with TD Cowan's Washington Research Group and will attempt to translate K Street to Wall Street faster than a speeding Acela, and even faster if you juice up the playbook. Really crushing our 2024 resolutions with our second pod this month. Our inaugural pod attempted to try and make sense of 2024 by breaking the year into three separate tracks that uh, were running parallel and, of course, now have all intersected. Uh, On today's pod, which was recorded on January 25th, so fair warning if everything has changed, we're flagging six wild cards for the 2024 election. All right, here we go. Buckle up. The number one wild card to watch, no surprise, the economy. If you look at the presidents who have lost re-election since World War II, uh, Gerald Ford, Jimmy Carter, George H.W. Bush, and and Trump, um, they all share at least one commonality, and that is a recession. Uh, we are in a new sort of bizarre political dynamic where people sometimes vote against their own economic interests as politics seems to have devolved into a type of Lord of the Flies dynamic. But that's where we are. Uh, back in the day, your, your economic situation largely determined your political views. Now your political views tend to determine how you feel about your economic situation. Uh, but the economy remains a, a huge wild card. Reminder, the stock market is, is not the economy. Uh, among voters, inflation remains a, a top three issue across multiple cohorts, uh, along with, with crime and, and the border. Uh, this is very regionalized, and that is reflected in our politics and our representation in Washington. Uh, the big five swing states that will determine the Electoral College, Georgia, Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, all have 50-year near-low unemployment. All right, number two wild card to watch, abortion. Uh, Monday, January 22nd was the 51st anniversary of the now overturned Roe v. Wade. Uh, Democrats kicked off an ad blitz focused on reproductive rights with campaign appearances by both Biden and Harris uh, all during the week. Uh, Biden's polling is historically bad and has been for, for two years now, but Democrats have won nearly all bellwether races and all seven statewide ballot questions on reproductive rights since June of 2022 uh, with the the Dobbs decision overturning Roe v. Wade. So that tailwind on abortion uh, led by the 2022 midterms and the 2023 off-cycle races in Virginia continues to be a a huge uh, narrative and a big wild card to watch. Uh, In New Hampshire on Tuesday, uh, 67 percent of Republican primary voters said they oppose a federal law banning most or all abortions nationwide per uh, NBC News exit poll. That's among uh, Republican primary voters. Uh, This issue really resonates with with independents, along with democracy and and reaffirming the, the 2020 election results. And that largely explained the 2022 midterms, right? The the row, the so-called row wave eclipsed the the red wave. Uh, you do have a Supreme Court case this summer on abortion pills and a number of ballot initiatives that are going to keep this issue front and center, which the Democrats hope can continue to provide that electoral tailwind that has been blowing since the Dobbs decision in the summer of 2022. Uh, wild card number three, uh, third parties. Uh, given Trump's win in Iowa and New Hampshire, 
Uh, this is a, a critical issue to watch in the run-up to the summer conventions, given given uh, ballot access questions and, and others. It's clear that a large swath of Americans do not want to see a Biden-Trump rematch, uh, but that's very likely what we have. Uh, important to flag that Trump has a meaningful enthusiasm uh, advantage over Biden. Uh, Trump's base, uh, really, really passionate and, and there for Trump. Uh, it's been said Trump has the, the highest floor but the lowest ceiling. He remains the, the zeitgeist of American politics. A lot of Biden voters aren't so much voting for Biden as much as voting against Trump. You know, keep in mind, Biden barely won in 2020, and that was largely due to the campaign's focus on keeping the typical third-party progressive types off the ballot and uniting everyone against Trump. Uh, that's not the case this time around with both Cornell West and Jill Stein running to Biden's left. Uh, don't forget that Jill Stein's vote in 2016 uh, in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, her vote totals were larger than Trump's win margins. So margins here really, really matter. Uh, the no labels effort has said it will make a decision in March. Uh, that's a centrist organization looking to run both a Republican and Democrat on the ticket. We view this as a potentially death nail to Biden. So stay tuned on that decision uh, in March. Uh, the only third party candidate we see as as really hurting Trump is is RFK Jr. And I think that's reinforced by the Trump campaign attacks on RFK while Biden is largely ignoring that candidacy. Um, can any of these folks win? Uh, in our estimation, no. Uh, the high watermark uh, for third party candidates in, in recent years was in 1992 with Ross Perot, who took nearly 19 percent of the popular vote and got zero electoral votes. Uh, but again, margins matter and the third party candidates could well be spoilers like they were in 92, in 2000 with Ralph Nader and in 2016 with with Jill Stein. All right, we're past the midway mark. Uh, wild card number four, uh, the Trump trials and Biden impeachment. Uh, the first of Trump's four criminal trials uh, is largely going to Trump, uh, sorry, um, uh, a Biden impeachment that seems to candidly not really be moving. That could be uh, for, for a host of reasons, uh, to say nothing of the fact that there's only a two-seat majority in the House right now. And any impeachment in the House would go nowhere in the Senate. You need two-thirds of the Senate to convict. That's never happened. Reverting to the Trump trials, uh, three out of 10 Trump voters from the Iowa caucus said uh, they would not vote for a candidate who had been convicted. So, you know, thus far, the indictments have made Trump stronger politically. I mean, even his former challenger, Ron DeSantis, said as much. That very well could change with, with potential uh, convictions. Look, there's, there's not a lot of precedents here. Uh, this has literally never happened. Um, the other aspect to watch in all of this is, is going to be Trump's reaction to all of this. And if the civil trials are any guide, you know, Trump's reaction um, is likely to alienate those soft Republican and independent voters who are going to be critical in November um, as they were in, in 2020. All right. Wild card number five, the conventions. Both Biden and Trump are likely the the mathematical and de facto nominees for their parties by mid-March, uh, but you're not the official candidate until the delegates vote uh, at the summer conventions. So if there's going to be a candidate change, it's going to have to be 
you know, between now and those conventions. The Republicans are first uh, in Milwaukee in mid-July. Uh, the Democrats follow in mid-August in Chicago. Um, so, I mean, look, we've never had candidates this old. So if there's any type of health situation, any type of legal situation, or any just straight up political calculation to, to change the nominees, that has to happen at the conventions. Uh, keep in mind, you know, the, the voting ends on November 5th, right? Early voting starts in some states in September. More than half of the ballots will will likely have been cast by Election Day. So uh, once you get out of the conventions, that's it. The tickets are locked. Final wild card, the undercard, right? I think folks sometimes forget that it's not just the White House, it's the Senate and the House, which are massively important for, for legislation, particularly with the upcoming tax cliff, right? All of the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act individual changes all expire at the end of next year. $4 trillion tax increase. Uh, the Obamacare uh, subsidies also expire at the end of next year. Uh, so three, three. Uh, well, uh, just real quick, the, the historically tight margins in Congress are natural results from the unbelievably narrow previous two elections. Uh, the Senate is 51-49 right now, and the House is a two-seat uh, House, uh, House majority or governing majority for the Republicans. Um 2020 presidential election was decided by fewer than 43,000 combined votes in Arizona, Georgia, and Wisconsin. Margin was even closer in 2022. Uh, fewer than 12,000 combined votes among five districts uh, flipped the House. Um, in terms of the geography here, the, the Senate is largely going to be fought in the key electoral college states, along with Ohio, Montana, and West Virginia. So as good as the geography is for Republicans in the Senate, it's reversed in the House. The House is largely going to be fought in California, New York, and the suburbs. There are currently 17 House Republicans in districts Biden won in 2020, and only five House Democrats in Trump won districts. You, you layer in the redistricting changes that are benefiting Democrats, and it's, in our minds, a, a very good chance that the House flips to the Democrats. Uh, whereas it's also a very good chance that the Senate flips to the Republicans. So for the first time in history, the House and Senate could flip to opposite parties in a single election. Uh, very on brand for 2024. Okay, that's a wrap. This has been Chris Kruger with TD Cowan's Washington Research Group for Street Cred. Have a great weekend. Have to say this as the father of a nine-year-old daughter and passionate Swifty. Go Chiefs. Thanks for joining us. Stay tuned for the next episode of TD Cowan Insights.